You are listening to audio from Community Bible Church. If you would like to find out more information about us, please visit us at cbcsavannah.com. It's encouraging to see, you know, back in the pre-COVID days, we would say, you know, if we only had 300 and something in the room, we'd be like, man, it was a light service. Now we're like, look, we're full, but we're not. So uh, if you got placed in the video venue this morning, I am sorry that uh, you are not able to be in here, but that is as good as a room uh, as we can make it. And again, hopefully one day soon, some of these restrictions will be lifted and we'll be able to be in the room together. Eight o'clock service still has plenty of space, just an FYI. And pretty soon, I think when our country remembers that daylight savings time is a joke, um, we'll be back and it'll be light at seven o'clock again and maybe eight o'clock will be easier to get to for some of you. But for now... This is what we are. So uh, if you have a Bible, go ahead and turn to 1 John. If you're a guest of ours this morning, one of the things we do uh, on a Sunday morning is we typically study through books of the Bible. And so we've been in this book for nine weeks now, and, and we're going to continue to finish it in the next couple of weeks. That way we know the whole counsel of God. That way we uh, can not skip the hard parts. And uh, it's kind of just one of the things we do. It's kind of one of our values of how we teach the scriptures. And we live in a season where terms that, when I was growing up, these terms weren't out there, but now they're prevalent. Terms like uh, fake news, fact checkers, misinformation, right? And even in saying those, some of your, I can see your blood is already starting to boil, which kind of is, that's what I like seeing. I like getting you guys all riled up a little bit and getting you upset. So, uh, but that's because we live, in a, we live in an age where there's just information overload. I mean, it's just it, it, the amount of information that is just thrown at us today versus even 20 years ago, 30 years ago, maybe it's the internet, social media, whatever. It's just, it's, it's just everywhere. Info coming from podcasts, experts, PhDs, news, blogs, articles, pastors, you know, friends, Instagram, whatever it is. It's just coming at us from all sides. Some of it good and helpful. Some of it untrue and fake. Uh, yet everyone says they are true. Uh, but yet if everyone says they're true, and that means someone's wrong, not everyone can be right. And so for us as followers of Jesus, how, is, how do we differentiate truth from fake news? How do, we, how do we know? Because what Jesus tells us in the gospels is he wants us to be as wise as serpents, shrewd, discerning, yet as innocent as doves. So we're not naive, we're wise, but we're still gentle and, and innocent. And so how can we be discerning? How do we differentiate between truth and fake news? That's really what John is gonna help us with today um, and I'm not talking about you know, opinions here, okay? When I talk about truth, I'm not talking about who won the debate or uh, what's the best ice cream or who's better, MJ or LeBron. I mean, some things are clear. MJ, hands down, don't argue. Uh, Breyer's mint chocolate chip, don't argue. Uh, other things, what, what, opinions, right? How do we know God's truth versus that which is fake, that which is not true? That's where we're going today in 1 John first, chapter four. Um, and so we're gonna cover verse one through six. We have uh, been looking how John has been encouraging this church in Ephesus. A bunch of folks have left the church and they're offering new information, new news. 
right? And he's been, the whole point of the book, we talked about it, we entitled that, that you may know, all sorts of different topics that you may know truth, that you may know the real deal, that you may know assurance, that you may know God's heart, that you may know you're in the family of God, that all these things, confidence. Today, he wants us to know discernment. How do we discern fake news versus the real deal, the truth of God? And so he is going to give us two simple tests, two tests to evaluate everything you hear, to filter these things through, to fact check. Same two tests we can use today to help us discern so that we're not naive, that we are wise yet innocent. All right, so that's where we're going today, two tests. Before we do, we've got a couple prerequisites because when we talk about being discerning, often some of you, you, you skip over discerning and you jump to critical. That's where you go. And you, you say, oh, I'm just being discerning, but really you're being critical. And so let me give you just a couple just quick prerequisites, encouragements before we start talking about this. Number one, when you're, when you're just listening and you're hearing things, give people the benefit of the doubt. Assume the best. You're innocent until proven guilty, so to speak. Because there's a lot of, well, I heard this about them and I heard this and I, you know, this so-and-so told me this. And or you read a quote and it's only like a half of a quote. And we see this in news all the time. We see this in articles all the time when people misquoted, don't read the whole thing. All right, there is a danger when you're out there saying, heretic, false teacher, heretic, this, that, that. There's a danger. If you are wrong, who's the false teacher? You are the false teacher. So you just called someone a liar, but you're really you misconstrued what was really said, so you're the liar. And no, let me just say this. This is especially true when we're talking about other Christians. No one wins when Christians are fighting together in public, just so you know. All right, and so there's open air, open-handed areas, there's closed-handed areas, and you gotta learn to differentiate those things. But just, number one, give people the benefit of the doubt. Just because you heard something does not mean it's true. Number two, do your research. Get all the facts before you start making judgment calls before you start discerning. And here's another just, maybe this is the most important something you could hear. Just because you read it on the internet don't mean it's true. Okay? Just because your buddy posted that on their Facebook and it has, oh, look, it's from some article. That doesn't mean anything. All right? It doesn't mean, it could be true, but it doesn't mean. Stay up to date what people have said, what their current beliefs are. If you would have asked me 18 years ago my positions on things, let me tell you, you would have thought, wow, Fowler's really out there. I, I just had some positions I, you know, I don't, that I don't hold to anymore. Why? I was young in the faith. I had been influenced by certain people, right? I mean, I thought all Calvinists were basically people that didn't love other people. And then I met a guy who was a Calvinist who was the most evangelistic guy I ever met in my life. I'm like, well, I was wrong about that. And then I became one. I used to think if you didn't homeschool your kids, you weren't a good parent. And all, you know, I, we homeschooled for a reason, but most of my kids, they're all out now and we don't homeschool. So something changed, right? My point is this, just because someone's, oh, someone said something in 1969, it could be different now, right? And just because they hung out with that person and they had a conversation with that person doesn't mean they, they endorse everything. We see this with politicians and athletes and stuff. They, they hung out with so-and-so. They must be a so-and-so. I've, I'd have, I have shared the stage at places before people that I disagree with theologically. Doesn't mean I endorse everything they believe. But here's the thing. They have, give me an opportunity to preach the gospel to a bunch of people that I don't know. I'm gonna take it most times because it's an opportunity. And so just don't be quick to, don't be so quick 
to, to pull the trigger here. I read an article this week. I, I came across a website called teachingtheword.org. That sounds like a good website, doesn't it? I mean, teachingtheword.org. That's something you would get truth from. And then I started reading it and they called it, saying John Piper's a heretic because he believes baptism saves you. And I'm like, you know, most of what Piper writes goes over my head, but I'm pretty sure that's not true. He is a Baptist, okay? All right, and he's a Reformed Baptist, all right? So just, just don't get so quick to, uh, to, to judge people, okay? That's the, that's the, that's the second one. And re- do all your research. Um, thirdly, before you start discerning, check your heart. Uh, why do you want to say that? Is it because you want everyone to see how smart you are and how wrong they are? Because that's called pride. And it's probably worse than their false teaching. All right, so if you can't love that person, if you can't pray for that person, um, if you enjoy being critical way more than you do encouraging, then you ought to probably not say anything. All right, check your heart. And the last thing is this. We wanna be a people. Yeah, are we gonna, are we gonna stand on truth and call out error? Absolutely. But here's the thing. We wanna be known more for what we are for than what we are against. We wanna be a pro-movement, not necessarily an anti-movement. What are we for? We're for Jesus, we're for his word. Does that mean that we're going to be opposed to certain things? Of course. But we're not going to be the anti this church or the anti that church or this. We want to be the pro Jesus, pro his word church. That's what we want to be known for. We don't want to be the critical. They're always critical of every other church. They think they're the best. That's not who we want to be. All right. So those are just some prerequisites. And if you can't get on board with them, so maybe you shouldn't be discerning. All right. But, but let's get on board with some of those ideas because those are, those are prerequisites to, to being wise and innocent, all right? Let me read the entirety of our text and we'll jump right in uh, in knowing discernment. Verse one, beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God. For many false prophets have gone out into the world. By this, you know, the spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God. And every spirit that does not confess Jesus is not from God. This is the spirit of the Antichrist, which you heard was coming and now is in the world already. Little children, you are from God and have overcome them. For he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. They are from the world, therefore they speak from the world and the world listens to them. We are from God. Whoever knows God listens to us. Whoever is not from God does not listen to us. By this, we know the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. And so he starts off with that beloved again because he is their spiritual father in many ways. He's in his 90s. These have been his little little children, so to speak. And just like a good dad, he doesn't want his kids to be naive. He wants them to be discerning. He doesn't want them to be ignorant of that which is good and evil. He just wants to be innocent, Right? And so he says, don't believe every spirit. Right? Because the idea is this, information at its root, at its core is spiritual. There's a source there. There's a, where does it come from? And he's saying, don't believe every spirit because every spirit is not good. Every source is not good. There is a legitimate battle going on between good and evil, between God and Satan, between, between the forces of God and his angels and his church and the enemies of God, Satan and his demons and the world. That is real, whether you want to acknowledge it or not. And the spirit of this world, so to speak, is under the authority of the prince of the power of the air for now. It is short, but it is true. So Paul says that you, before you were a Christian, 
You walked following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air, that Satan, the spirit that is now at work in his funds of disobedience. He influences where the media goes and where information goes and where the internet and all these things. He, he is behind much of that. Paul says in the latter days, some will depart from the faith, devoting themselves to deceitful spirits and teachings of demons. No, they don't know these teachings of demons, but that's where the influence is. And we don't have time to deep dive on Satan, but understand this, Satan is the enemy and hater of everything good. He hates God. He wants to usurp God. He hates his church. If he could destroy you today, he would. All right, if God said, yeah, you have free reign to, he'd crush you if he, if he could. Because he hates righteousness. He hates the church. He hates God. He wants to oppose everything that is good. He opposes truth. He does it subtly, but he does it. And he, can just, he, he, has, he has legitimate power. He's not omnipotent, but he is powerful and he can deceive the church. He can't take your salvation away, but he can harass you and he can persecute you and he, and he can uh, deceive you so that your family is going down a wrong path or you, know, you buy into this or that. There's all sorts of things, which is why we have to be discerning to see, is this from God or is this the spirit of this world? Is this, from, is this spirit of Christ or this doctrine of demons? And so he says, test, test the spirits. It is a word that means to examine, to determine the genuineness, be careful, and it's in the present tense. So it's keep testing, keep looking, keep examining. Why? Because many false gods, false prophets, excuse me, have gone out in the world. And if you're an underliner or a highlighter, you have a hard copy of your Bible. I'd underline that word many, I'd circle it, many I mean, he's writing in 90 AD and already there's 60 years. He says, many, think about 2000 years, many, no, no internet, no blogs back then already. Think about now, if, he, if John was living today, he might say something like this and it's gonna make some of y'all mad, but that's okay because I'm gone next week. So you guys can stew off. Of it. He would say, many false prophets are on Fox News. CNN, MSNBC, ESPN, your blog, your article, your book. He, that's what he would say, right? He would, and I know some of you, some of you, no, you know, Sean Henry would never lie to me. I mean, fine. I'm not saying he's wrong or right. I'm just saying many equals many, right? And so what he wants is be sure that you're not buying into a false ideology that comes from a false kingdom that comes offering a false hope that is eventually going to burn, right? How do you know then? How do you discern? He gives us two tests, two tests. The first test deals more with our faith and our, and our Christianity. The second test really is more the, the practical. How do I know right from wrong? How do I know truth from error when it comes to just living it out? Let's talk first test. It's kind of about what we believe, spirituality, ideology, systematic theology, worldview, whatever. He says, verse two, by this, you know the spirit of God. Remember John, intense guy, very black and white and everything, very right or wrong and everything. He's gonna give you two options, spirit of God, spirit of antichrist. At the end in verse five, he says, spirit of God, versus spirit of error. Spirit of truth versus spirit of error. The spirit is capitalized because he's talking about the Holy Spirit. He said there's two spirits, the spirit of this world influenced by the prince of the power of the air, the Holy Spirit, third member of the Trinity. Those are the two options. And here's how you know this comes from God. 
Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God. Every spirit that does not confess Jesus is not from God. This is the Antichrist, the one who is opposed to God, the one who wants to usurp and replace God, which you heard was coming and is already in the world, is in the world already. Remember, there's the big A Antichrist that's coming one day, but right now the same spirit that is going to empower the big Antichrist is, is empowering little Antichrists, ones who are opposed And he says, you want to know the spirit of truth versus the spirit of Antichrist? Simple test. Very simple. You give them the Jesus test. What do you do with Jesus of Nazareth? Now remember, this church is facing a very unique heresy called docetism, which is not real prevalent today. Uh, It's very Greek, very Gnostic, you know, very kind of that culture. Basically believe Jesus didn't have a physical body. He was kind of like a ghost So it's ghost Jesus who runs around or that the spirit of Messiah came on him at baptism, but then it left him before he died on the cross. It's all sorts of weird stuff, right? Which means his suffering wasn't real. His sacrifice wasn't real. um, And you really can't appeal to a human Jesus. It was kind of a spirit Jesus. So that's kind of not big today. What we see today is usually the attack on the exclusivity of Jesus or the deity of Jesus or all other things. Here's the big idea. Satan wants to take away from who Jesus is, twist it, corrupt it, whatever he can do. Replace it. And if you want to know what is fake versus real, spirit of truth versus spirit of antichrist, right, get to Jesus. Because ultimately, everything in this book, if you kind of boil it down, I mean, there's all sorts of good things in here, all sorts of other things in here, good, glorious things God wants us to know. But in the end, you boil it all down to one thing. This book is about Jesus of Nazareth, right? It centers on him, And if you want to know what is true versus false, religion, prophecy, spirituality, system of belief, get to Jesus. Tell them what you think about Jesus. Because you got all sorts of opinions. And understand this, just because it says God, Jesus, love, Trinity, whatever, they may be using a different dictionary. The Mormons use a different dictionary. Jehovah's Witnesses use a different dictionary. Oneness Pentecostals use a different dictionary. You have to understand this. You've got to get down to what do you do with Jesus of Nazareth? Because it could be real or it could be fake news. Because you have, the, you have the fake news Jesus that he wants to make you rich. He wants to make you healthy and wealthy. You're going to live forever. Just drink this little vial of Jordan River and give me $5,000 and you will have a great life. That, that's a fake news Jesus. You have a Jesus that doesn't really care how you live your life. It really doesn't matter. Do whatever you want. A little bit more subtle right? doesn't matter. You have a Jesus that we, we can put in our little box. We control. We control what he is. You ever hear statements like this? Well, my God would never do fill in the blank. My God would never say, that's putting Jesus in a box. That's your box that you've put Jesus in, right? We have a Jesus that would never be so exclusive because he's so loving and he's so compassionate. So he would never be so exclusive. He would never be so arrogant to say something like, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Ready? You Christians are so arrogant to believe that he's so exclusive. They, well, we're not. He, we're just telling you what he said. Right? Or there's a Jesus that it really doesn't matter what you believe as long as you believe something, as long as you're sincere. That sounds good, doesn't it? It does matter what you believe. It does matter what you know. I can tell you, if you come to me at Christmas and say, hey, I got a Christmas gift for you. I'm like, oh, thank you so much. I love Christmas presents. You open it up. And it's a Dallas Cowboy jersey. I'm gonna be like, do you even know me? Do you know who I am? 
It matters. I mean, it may be my size. It may be nice. I mean, I guess I could use it for like, you know, a rag or washing my car. I don't know. But I mean, it, what you believe matters. What you know matters, right? It, it matters what we confess, what scripture says. And for 2,000 plus years, the church has believed that Jesus is the second person of the divine Godhead, that he is the maker of heaven and earth. He upholds all things with his right hand, that he is the eternal son of God, that he is the alpha, the omega, the beginning and the end, that he entered into human history, that he was conceived of the Virgin Mary, that he was born, that he lived a sinless life, that he came to seek and save the lost, that he was tempted in all ways yet without sin, that he died on a Roman cross for our sins in our place as our substitute, that he rose on the third day, was seen by more than 500 plus witnesses. Then he ascended back into heaven where now he is seated at the right hand of the father, having been given all authority over heaven and earth where he rules heaven and earth, angels and demons, unbelievers and believers. And one day he is coming to judge the living and the dead and to set up his kingdom where he, the king of kings, will reign and sit on the the throne of David forever and ever. That is what we confess and anything less is fake news. It's fake. And when we confess that, we're not just, by the way, saying, oh yeah, I believe that. I'll check that box on my membership. Yep, believe in Jesus. Because you know who, everything I just said, do you know who agrees with all of it 100%? is Satan. You know, the demons believe everything I just said, probably better than we do. Here's what the demons do when, when uh, in Luke 4, they see Jesus say, ha, we, have, we know who you are, Jesus of Nazareth. What have you to do with us? Have you come to destroy us? We know who you are, the Holy One of God. <laughs> they know. Mark, Matthew chapter eight, behold, these demons cry out. There's multiple ones in this man. They said, what have you to do with us, O son of God? Have you come to torment us before the time? They even know they lose. See, it's not just about, I I believe that it's an intellectual ascent. I'm an American. Of course, I'm a Christian. The difference is what? Do you bend the knee to Jesus? Do you worship him? Do we center our life around who he is? That's ultimately what confession means when we're talking about who Jesus is. Every spirituality, prophecy, worldview, ideology, It's got to pass the Jesus test. Who is Jesus? Anything that pulls away from him, you go to a church and it's all about you, what you are and how how much, you know, God wants to bless you, blah, 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 you, 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 man-centered, it's fake news. It's of what Christ has done, what he is doing in you, what he wants to do through his church, that's, that's the real deal. That's what we want to be that because of what he has done, we walk in a manner worthy of the gospel. It's not moralism. God says, be nice. It's walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, worthy of the gospel, walk in the spirit because of what Christ has done. That is, that's the Jesus test. What do you do with Christ? What do you say about this one who died for you? Right, that's the first test. Let's continue. Verse four, he says, little children, you are from God and have overcome them. For he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. He gives this little brief encouragement before he jumps into the second test. And I think it's because it's easy to look around the world 
and just be like, man, are, are we right? I mean, are, it seems like we're losing sometimes, doesn't it? I mean, it's either we've lost our mind or the world has lost its mind because sometimes it feels like, does, does anyone see the chaos that's going on? Right? I mean, the, the world has lost its mind, I think. And, and it's, it, oh, am I right or are they right? I'm swimming upstream constantly. You're in a minority. I mean, if you were a single person trying to follow Jesus, trying to live a pure life physically, whether you're engaged, whether you're just single and you're dating, you are trying to live a pure life. You are a freak show in this culture. Are you not? I mean, single people? I mean, you're like, first service was like all of them are raising their hand. Yep. Because it's, it's radical. If you are uh, not living for Friday night where you're going out and getting smashed or bombed, I don't, that was 90s terms. I don't know what they are these days. What do you got new terms? But whatever, inebriated. If you're, if you're not living for that and going and doing that and just, you know, getting plastered on the weekends, you are a, a weirdo, right? You're weird. If, you, if you're a married couple that still moderately likes each other and you... you you know, don't go away and, you know, go out with the, the guys and go to the bars and, and flirt and do all. If, you, if you're that, you're a wacko. If you're an older grandpa, grandma, you're still, you know, memorizing scripture in your little King James Bible, you know, reading your Our Daily Breads, you're just a radical nutcase. And we need to learn to embrace that. Because we, the, the scripture teaches the later it gets, the closer to the return of Christ, the more and more radical what we believe is to a world that doesn't know him. And so the encouragement is you're not losing, actually. I know it feels like you're losing. I know it feels like you're wrong. I know it feels like all these things. But what does he say? You already won. You are from God and have overcome. And the word overcome means you're victorious. It's over. You are the victor. You have prevailed. And it's in a tense in the scripture. It's a past tense with a future results. You've already won. Why? Because he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. Who's in the world? Satan. Spirit of, for instance, the power of the air. Who is in you? The spirit of God. And what he's saying is this. Do you understand this, y'all? This is huge. That the Holy Spirit is infinitely more power than Satan and his demons combined. Combined. And he dwells in us. The spirit of God who, who when Jesus walked on the earth, empowered him to cast out demons and to proclaim the truth and to say no to sin and to walk in victory and the spirit of Christ who rose him from the dead. That same spirit now, that helper, that counselor, that keeper, that comforter is in you. And he says, because of that, you don't need to fear. You don't need to worry. You don't need to, am I, am I just spinning my wheels? Am I, no, you have overcome. And because you have, right, because you have victory, he's gonna go tell us, okay, here's test number two. They are from the world. Therefore, they speak from the world. And the world listens to them. We are from God. There's this contrast, right? World, God. Whoever knows God listens to us. Whoever is not, from God does not listen to us. By this we know the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. He repeats the same word three times. It's our, th- it's our second test. It is the listening test. Who 
do you listen to ultimately? Where's the source of your truth? Where's the source of how to live? What is good? What is right? What is true? Where's that source? He says, they, they get theirs from the world. They speak from the world. They listen to the world. That's where it comes from. The one who is under the prince of the power of the air. We are from God. And we listen to God, right? And again, the closer we get to Christ returning, the more and more people are going to be further and further away. And y'all, this should not shock you. You shouldn't be shocked. They murdered Jesus. And then his followers wrote a book and they murdered them. They're not gonna throw you a happy dance party. But it's okay, right? Because we are from God. We have overcome the world, the world system, the prince of the power of the air. And the world, y'all, is all over the place. It just is. You can see it. It's inconsistent. It doesn't, it wavers with culture and this, it's that, it's this and that. It's all over the place. Let me just give you two, I just heard a, a podcast this week uh, and, and, and it brought these things out. I thought, that's super, super sharp. That's actually, I'm glad there's smart people out there doing these podcasts. But just let me give you two things from the headlines that just show that the world has lost its mind. First, a positive. So there was an article this week from the National Zoo in DC that they had a baby panda. Did you see this? All right. Um, got, a, got a picture of old boy here, here. Isn't that cute? Isn't that, you know, isn't that, don't you just want to go out and get yourself a baby panda right now? I mean, if you could get one. And the, and the headline was, it's a boy. It's a boy. And my question is, and this is, this is what was brought out in the podcast. How do you know? Well, I guess it's, you know, human biology or animal biology. It's pretty obvious, right? We don't need to get in the dig deep dive into that. It's obvious. It's a boy. True. Great. Celebrate. Boy panda. Here's the question I have. How come it's so obvious that the boy pan- it's a boy panda? But when my daughter goes off to college and she sits in her first little group and they have to introduce themselves, they say things like, well, tell, tell the group how you want to be identified. Why is it obvious in panda bears but it's not in people because the world has lost its mind. That's why. Because you reject God, Romans 1, and God gives you over to believe crazy things. Right? Here's on, a, on the flip side, here's a more kind of sad story and one that we should empathize with. So there's a power couple in Hollywood. I don't know anything about them except for their names because I am out of it. But uh, so some of you will know who these people are and what they do. Uh, John Legend and Chrissy Teigen. I don't know what they do, but they shared with the world this past week that they lost, uh, she was pregnant and they lost their baby. 20 weeks she was pregnant, about. Devastating. Some of you have been there, right? It was their third child. They named it Jack. And, uh, and again, rightfully so, people mourn and people are sad and people uh, mourn with them. But here, here's, here's the question you gotta ask. Because all these people, Hollywood and everyone, so sad that you lost your baby, blah, blah, blah. Why is it so sad for them if they lose their baby at 20 weeks, but these same people then are, are fighting for the, for the ability to kill that child if you don't want it? It's a fetus if you don't want it. It's a baby if you do. It's inconsistent. It's, it's, it's losing your mind. It's what happens when you're not anchored in something there's no absolutes. There's nothing that's really true. In fact, we have a world that says there's no absolutes, which is a self-defeating statement because by nature, that is an absolute statement. We have a world that 
said that the worst thing you can do, the worst sin of sins is for you to be intolerant, right? But yet those who are tolerant are intolerant of us intolerant because the world has lost its mind. He says, we are from God. We're from God and there's a consistency. There's something that, that anchors us right? We are from God. This is not your home. You're headed for a different kind of kingdom. And because you are from God, what does he say? Whoever knows God does what? Listens to us. Who's the us? The us is not you listen to me. The us is the apostles. It's the 12 and then Paul and then others who were apostles who had apostolic authority that God gave them so that they could write the scripture and speak to the church where they're just telling us the things that Jesus told them. That's the us. And what they did is they wrote these things down in books called the gospels and letters and epistles. And we have now, this is the us. Those who listen to us, the things that have been written down that Jesus wants his church to know in the scripture. And so what he's saying ultimately is those who listen to what God has said, those who, to, who follow what the truth of The scripture is. Who wrote the scripture? Men moved by the Holy Spirit spoke from God. The spirit moved, the spirit of truth moved through men so that they wrote God's word without error down so that we have it. And so what he's ultimately saying is the spirit of truth comes through this. And those who listen to this, that's real news. And the fake news are those who deny this. It's it's really that simple. Those who are fake, well, those who are fake will say, this, this is, you don't need this. This is, this is, this, there's no really heaven and hell. There's no, there's nothing. We don't even know. It's gonna, we don't even know. The scripture says it is appointed for men to die once. Then comes the judgment. Oh, this book, it's full of errors. It's this, it's this, it's that. It's this contradiction, it's whatever. The scripture says every word of God proves true. The, the spirit of the, of the world will say, it doesn't matter how you live your life. It doesn't matter what you do. It's your body, do what you want. The scripture says, glorify God in your body. You've been bought with a price. The world says, you've been, you know, you're just a, a result of a cosmic explosion. There was nothing, then something exploded, the Death Star exploded, and then there's something. And then after billions and billions of years, you know, out of the goo into the zoo, that's now you. And, and so you're just kind of a random chaotic thing. You don't have really intrinsic value. You don't have anything. The scripture says you are fearfully, wonderfully made. You are made in the image of God to reflect him. And because of it, you have value. Everyone has value. The world says, you don't like your spouse. You're not happy with them. Leave them. Scripture says, what God has brought together, what no man separate. The world says, sleep with you what you want. Do with what you want. Scripture says, flee immorality. I mean, you got all sorts of stuff. The world says, do it, buy that if it makes you happy. Do this, do this, that, whatever makes you happy. Scripture says, be holy, be content. The world now, even in the church, and and this is kind of the push in in evangelicalism, that we need to be woke. Some of you, you you have no clue what that is, and so you don't need to worry about it. But some of you, you're deep diving in some of the stuff. You need to be be a woke church. We need to be this, we need to be that. And critical uh, race theory and all these other things are coming and creeping in. Every law school in America is teaching it. Every college in America is teaching it and all these things. And the scripture is gonna say, you know what? All we have to do is love our neighbor as ourselves. That's the, we don't need a, a new theory. We just need to love our neighbor. We need to apply James, which says no partiality. 
Someone comes in here, we love them just because you are. It doesn't matter what race, how old, you know, whatever. We love them because they have, they're made in the image of God. We don't need new is my point. We need to evaluate everything in light of what scripture says, right? It's not just an old book with all old laws, worshiping an old God. It is an eternal book. It is a timeless book. And it doesn't have, you know, the Bible doesn't try to be relevant. It doesn't try to make itself relevant. It doesn't need to, because it is, right? It is an anchor in an unchanging, wavering world. It is true. And so if we want to know what is fake news versus what is real, how does it hold up to this? How does, what, is, what does the scripture say about that idea? And that's how we know, right? That's what Christians have been doing for thousands of years. Let me just give you a couple thoughts, just quick little applications based on that and then we'll worship. Uh, because, because of that, because of that idea that the scripture is true, I would say this, some of you need to guard your minds from what you're letting in it, right? I'm not saying don't watch Netflix and don't watch the news. I'm not saying that. Just guard your mind of what you're putting in it constantly because we're getting bombarded with podcasts and books and audiobooks and blogs and this news channel and this news channel and this. And, and it's fine. We want to be informed, but, but guard your mind. Remember, guard your heart from it flow the, the springs of life. And you sow to the flesh, you're going to reap the flesh, right? Bad company. And if bad company is your podcast corrupts good morals, then, then, then you need to guard from that. You just need to be aware that the spirit of antichrist, that the sons of disobedience, that the prince of the power of the air is behind most of what you're seeing. There is an agenda for every sitcom out there. I'm just telling you. I'm not saying you shouldn't watch a sitcom. I'm saying just know that they're trying to endorse this, 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 and this, and this subtly. Everything, movies, news, blogs, there's, there's an agenda. They're slowly soft-selling something. And if you're not aware of it, you'll buy it. So guard your mind. That's the negative. The positive is renew your mind. So Romans 12, we go to this a lot. Don't be conformed, be transformed. How? Renewing your mind. And look at the result, that by testing you will be able to do what? Discern that which is good, perfect, God's will. Some of you need to spend some time, again, reading the scripture, listening to a podcast that's gonna empower you to follow Jesus, that's gonna encourage you, listening to music that way, you know, just filling our minds, sowing to the spirit and reaping from the spirit, right? And so guarding the intake of what's junk because garbage in, garbage out. It's just the way it works, can't escape it, right? Cannot escape the law of reaping and sowing. And then the third one is this, just a reminder, the church needs to be humble, not arrogant. The only reason some of you were amening in that, you know why? Because God opened your mind to the truth. It wasn't you. You didn't figure it out. You didn't go, oh, I did all my research. No, no. God drew you. God opened your mind. God opened your heart. God gave you the faith. That's why you were amen, because the spirit of God opened your eyes. And so you were from God. That's the only reason. So there's no, where's the place for arrogance there? None. Okay, it's a innocence and shrewdness, but there's humility there. We're not critics. You know, you don't have your own show or something that you're trying to call out everybody. You want to be discerning, but you want to be uh, innocent at the same time, right? And so just a reminder of those things 
uh, as we, as we kind of move to worship. Two tests, simple tests. I know it's like, as we work through First John, this has been super repetitive. I get it. I mean, me, me and Clint struggle with coming up with nuancing because John has been like saying the same thing for four chapters now and you get two more. It's Jesus in the Bible almost every time. So I'm trying to be creative here to kind of encourage you, but maybe that's because I think some of us need that because maybe the next season, look, none of you could predict COVID. We don't know what's next, we, but maybe we need to dig down and these core truths of who we are. We don't need new, we need what is there, right? Two simple tests. You wanna know fake news real? What do they do with Jesus? What do they do with this word, right? Let me pray, respond through singing. Thank you, Father, for your word. Thank you for opening our eyes to the truth. Um, I pray for your church to be discerning, to be wise, but yet humble. Help us to, to point people in the world towards you, not to be argumentative. That's not our, that's not our point. We are to uh, walk in a manner worthy of your gospel. We're to be able to defend the faith, but yet with gentleness and reverence. And so help us to do that. Um, and if we have questions, if we're doubting, if we th- we're struggling because it seems like so much chaos, let us find hope in the finished work of Christ and what he has done and his word, which is eternal. Uh, the grass withers, the flower falls off, but the word of the Lord endures forever. We pray these in your name. Amen. You guys can stand up.